Welcome back, everyone, to the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, and we're catching up with the director of athletics here for the Golden Grizzlies. Of course, he is Steve Waterfield. Now, Steve, I don't mean to put any pressure on you with this one, but this is episode number 100 of the Where the Bear podcast, and uh, this has got to be a special day for you. This is a big one. There should be streamers shooting through the Waterfield household and, and uh, the, the rural household. But that's a credit to you and a lot of the other folks that came before me to get to 100 episodes. Yeah, 100 episodes, almost 22,000 listens in total. So that, that tells me one thing, Steve, that, that people are interested in what's going on around Golden Grizzlies athletics. And, and I, I really did want to catch up with you. And, and certainly we are doing this phone-based right now is. You know, the, the current climate is what it is, and, and we're all dealing with it and making our adjustments. But I did want to catch up with you because certainly it is in the news. When you look across a landscape of college sports, uh, the, the only thing that's certain is the uncertainty right now. And, and there's a lot of problems uh, across the NCA that schools could potentially face. And I, I wanted to reach out to you, Steve, because give me a couple of the of, of maybe the underlying issues as a result of this COVID uh, outbreak that maybe the common college sports fan, you know, the, the college football fan or the college basketball fan that just likes to sit in front of the TV and watch the games. Give me a couple of issues that athletic directors are facing that maybe the common sports fan is not aware of. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the different scenarios that you have to be prepared for not knowing what the fall, winter, or spring seasons are going to look like. And so how do you bring back, in our case, nearly 350 student-athletes and provide them all the services you need to provide them, whether it's athletic medicine, strength and conditioning, academic, student-athlete development, nutrition, uh, performance psychology, let alone the practice and competition piece of it, in a scenario where you will likely need to have testing, in monitoring, social distancing, and how do you do that within a facility that you're going to have to make adjustments to. And so I think that's the overarching one, and then being able to nimbly move from different scenario to different scenario, depending on how things change. So that's one. Another thing that we've looked at is, as you saw with the basketball tournaments, these officials were get testing positive. And so for all of our sports that have officials, they come in and they may have traveled across the Midwest. What's the testing protocol for them? How do we make sure they're safe? How do we make sure that our student-athletes that are playing in those competitions are safe? And so that's another factor. And then all the things that go with our great fans and spectators, how do we, if we're allowed to have spectators, do it in a safe manner? If we're not, how do we make sure they have the information that they want about Golden Grizzly athletics? As you know, there's a thirst for it. There's an interest for it. And we've got to make sure we get that to them, no matter the parameters that we're working under. Steve Waterfield joining us here on the Weather Bear Podcast. It is brought to you by the Evans Law Group, episode number 100, over 22,000 listens in total. So, Steve, as you said, there is there is a thirst for the consumption of the Golden Grizzlies and their brand. But we're, we're talking about you know just this current climate we're in, and maybe more importantly than that, what does this look like going forward? And, Steve, this is something – do you see this where this could be even a regional thing? Because I, as I go across – the landscape of college sports and and you talk to different conference commissioners uh, 12 different conferences 12 different responses as to what the future kind of looks like is this something that that you think could be regional in terms of reopening college sports could this be a regional thing where everybody's pretty much is out on their own island 
I think you will probably see the reopening to your point in a likely in a regional manner, just because some states are further along and being able to do that safely than other states. I think the challenge becomes for a fall sports season. Let's take volleyball, for instance. Uh, if you've gotten states that have opened earlier than others, there still needs to be some level of competitive equity from a practice competition, getting the student athletes in shape their health, safety, welfare, obviously the most important. So how do you manage that in light of maybe one state's going to be engaged in volunteer activity three weeks before another state? Well, that's just going to be what we have to accept. But what we don't want to do is jeopardize any student athlete that's competing and making sure that they have enough time to get ready. And so if we need three weeks, but that three weeks would bleed into after you would typically have started a season, what do we do there? And those are all those different scenarios. So, But I think you're right, it will be regional, but then it also has to have that national oversight through the NCAA. Steve, I keep hearing a, a recurring theme, and the last time you and I talked was about the middle of March when, when this had become, I, I guess, kind of a, a shutdown would be eminent, where we knew pretty much what was going to happen in advance. And you know, a couple of your answers here today, the themes are underlying the same they were in March. The bottom line is this. You have over 300 student athletes that you have to account for, that you have to figure in every single decision that you make. That hasn't changed. I mean, it, it, as far as you go right now, the scrutiny in terms of your decision making remains the same as it was uh, almost two months ago. Exactly. And even if we didn't have this issue, it would always be the same. But it's just a different different challenges and things that I would never have had expected to, to work through and have our senior staff, our coaches and other staff work through it. But it's the reality of how do we make sure they're safe? How do we make sure they're able to engage in the academic and athletic opportunities that they have, whatever those look like in the fall semester and beyond? Uh, and how do we make sure that um, we are all giving them the, the chance to compete and do it in a, in a way that's fair. So there's a lot of pieces to it, but it really stems from them. And then you add in the other important part, obviously, is our, our spectators and fans. So when we are allowed to have them, how do we do it in a safe manner? Uh, and so it's really, it's not juggling different things, but in the, the day, it always starts with our student athletes. Steve Waterfield joining us here at Wear the Bear Podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, episode number 100, a milestone, no question about it. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy you are with us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, search hashtag Wear the Bear, click subscribe, and you are in there. Steve, let's, let's change gears a little bit and take a look at what things may look like going forward when college sports do quote-unquote reopen and a lot of the local news here in the Detroit area uh, before we hit the air I was reading a story about the, the Mac schools and the director of athletics uh, at some of the Mac schools and, and what maybe the the near future holds as far as philosophies that that athletic directors are going to take that coaches are going to take in terms of scheduling and look Steve, we can we can sugarcoat this all we want, but the bottom line is is budgets will take a hit. I mean, I, I don't think that's a secret. I don't I don't think that there's a lot of people out there that don't know that that don't understand that budgets will take a hit. Uh, I would figure, just as the common sports fan, and going off of what I heard some of the the Mac you know, Mac athletic directors talking about, you may see a, a bit of a shift in in scheduling paradigms. Maybe more regionalized competition, uh, maybe a, a little less uh, of a, of a robust national schedule. Is that something that that you foresee maybe taking place at Oakland as well? Absolutely, I think we're all, we're going to look at regional scheduling opportunities, and if it is national uh, competition, I the, the 
I think the budget paradigm has to show that whether it's a guarantee or, or expenses that the host institution is providing us, that the costs are equivalent to a regional competition. And, and I think that's the starting point um, when you look at how to put together a schedule uh, and prepare our student-athletes for success in the horizon like and beyond. But I think all conference institutions are going to look at regional-based scheduling and really have uh, need to have a compelling reason why um, competing in certain places across the country makes sense. Uh, for the foreseeable future. And so I'm not surprised with that. And then I think there's different conferences that have looked at scheduling alliances. The Horizon League hasn't really gone down that road yet, as well as maybe you, uh, the NCAA relaxes some of the requirements so that you can play Division II teams, perhaps, uh, and, and have more flexibility there. So I, I think all those are on the table, and it's not just within the Horizon League. It's not just Oakland. It's going to be everybody across the country as they look at different ways to be uh, efficient and prudent with the funds they have. Steve Waterfield joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast, the director of athletics for the Golden Grizzlies. And, and Steve, you know I always like to talk to you about this because uh, I enjoy having this conversation with you because you have perspective. You've been at Ohio State. You've been at Wisconsin. You've been at the U. Um, you know, you, you've, you've been in that Power Five limelight as well. As you put both of those hats on, having experienced it on both sides, the mid-major side now where you are with Oakland, certainly the Power 5 side uh, as well, what, what are some of the similarities? And, and I guess off of that, what are some of the differences that, that maybe the Power 5 institutions face versus what the mid-major institutions will face in this? Yeah, I think for, for the schools like Oakland, right now the, the revenue reduction at the end, from the NCAA, we, we lost about 70% of what we expected to get this fiscal year. And so that's roughly $400,000, $450,000. I mean, that really hit now. Uh, for the Power 5 schools, that's not going to be that, – that, uh, that loss really isn't going to be a, a needle mover for them. Uh, but the, the calculus changes dramatically if their football seasons look different than what they would typically look. And I would say that if that's the case, then it becomes catastrophic – if you try to find a way to fund a power five athletics department without football in some form or fashion, like they typically have it. And that's just not having the games. There's the fan piece of it, the spectator piece of it. And uh, those are the challenges they're going to have to work through. Now we're going to have to work through those on basketball in other soccer, volleyball. And how do we, if you can't have spectators do it safely, if you can't have spectators, that's a significant revenue loss for us. And so it's on a different scale, but the amount that football helps support Power Five athletic departments, I, I don't know. I, just from what I know in my experience, I don't know if there's a way out of that one if you can't have a football season in some form or fashion like you typically have it. Steve, what about this for Oakland, too? And, and this was something we did a, a virtual perspective of Team 54 with yourself, head coach Greg Campy. We're all uh, on, a, on, a, on a Zoom style call. And took questions from fans and everything like that. Now, you know that, and that certainly is something that, you know, being a season ticket holder for Golden Grizzlies basketball, those, those are some of the unique uh, experience that you get to partake in. And I'm not letting the the entire cat out of the bag here, Steve. But one of the one of the overlying principles that, that I really took away from that was Oakland. I think is in a very unique position where where we are a little more able to be more nimble as far as scheduling goes. And, and you talked about it. Uh, certainly 
what goes along with with losing you know so, some crowds or losing some home games the Golden Grizzlies I think are in a fortunate spot where they're able to maybe pound the pavement a little more uh, go out in search of more guarantee games Oakland may be a little more nimble in that respect as far as recovering some some lost revenue as you talked about before exactly and coach campy's been supportive of it and he and I talked and given the the revenue shortfall it's we need to shift some home games to away games this coming year. And not only was it the revenue piece of it, but also not knowing if our home games would look like a typical home game would be. And with that uncertainty, it it made a lot of sense. And uh, through Greg's connections, we were able to get away games with regional opponents that aren't home games, but it's going to be doable for our fans to get there and support the Golden Grizzlies. So uh, that's one of the things that we can, we can do and that we can make those decisions even after finding out that it's going to be the kind of the impact of COVID and the revenue shortfall that we may have, we could then kind of shift gears. So we're fortunate in that regard and larger institutions and departments aren't as lucky to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Steve, you know, the time always flies by when we, when we sit here and talk, just a couple of guys, uh, talking NCAA sports and how things are going to shake out. I'm, I'm certainly am grateful for your time. Um, I know you're facing some of the same uh, homebound challenges that, that we all are, getting the kids to do the schoolwork and, and do all those types of things. This is the easy part, Steve. You and I talking, that's the easy part. i got to go back downstairs now and engage in the hard part. How about you? Yeah, i got to go uh, help uh, our sixth grade son go through some world history type of things, the natural resources, all that good stuff. i got a question for you. So what, what's been your favorite old sporting event that you've seen the past month or so uh, that – you wouldn't have otherwise stumbled across that you really enjoyed watching. Uh, I, I liked going back to the 84 World Series uh, with the Tigers when they beat the Padres. I like seeing that. Um, and you know what? This this whole uh, last dance Chicago Bulls thing, it's reignited my fire about Isaiah Thomas. And the, the amount of slander that Isaiah Thomas is taking nationally, Steve, I have a big-time problem with it. Now, I understand Isaiah is our guy here in Detroit. And when it's your guy, you'll always go to battle for him. But the bottom line is, he's taking a lot of slander for somebody who Michael Jordan said is probably the second best pure point guard to ever play the game. I just I have a big problem with that, so it's got my fire burning a little bit. There you go. That's a good one. Good one. No, it's been fun to kind of see these old events that you, know, you can always put yourself that at the time you were you watched it live right. and then you see it and uh Boy, time flies by, but the memories always are there, so that's pretty cool. Absolutely. But, Steve, again, we certainly do appreciate you taking the time to sit down. Go knock out that world history. Uh, I'm going to go down and help with math and pretend like I know what's going on, and uh, we'll get it going. Sounds great, Neil. Anytime. He is the Director of Athletics, Steve Waterfield. My name is Neil Rule. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search hashtag Where the Bear. Click subscribe, and you are in there. A big thank you also to our friends at the Evans Law Group. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Well, see you later.